A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, people? I'm Ricky Haywood Williams here with episode three of The Motto. Today's guest is someone we met a few years ago on the night out in Newcastle. James then worked with her briefly at MTV back in the day, but I got to know her properly this year when we both appeared on a TV show called Celebability. I am, of course, talking about the jungle Geordie, Vicky Patterson. So she was on great form, fresh from filming the new show in Spain and knee-deep in wedding planning as well. But with that said, you'll hear her describe how a bad male online picture or a hurtful social media post can still bring her to tears. Vicky also had a reason close to home for picking her charity for us to donate to, so keep an ear out for that. And if you have a spare 30 seconds and you like what you hear, please take the time out to rate us and leave a review on iTunes as well. You can get in touch with us via the website, themotto.org, or on Twitter and Instagram using at themottopod, all one word, no spaces. We're also filming these interviews too, which you can check out on YouTube. Just search The Motto Podcast. And give us a shout as well if you're interested in sponsoring us because that means we can guarantee our charity donations every single time. Massive shout out to ProCam and Fresh Audio for their help with the kit and to Seb for helping out with the shoot as well. Right, that's it. The Motto, Episode 3 with Vicky Patterson. Enjoy. All right, so Vix, welcome to The Motto. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, man. I'm really good. Do you know what? Like, went to get you downstairs in the lobby in the hotel, and I was, like, looking around for her. I was expecting, like, a big entourage, <laughs> hairstylist, makeup artist, like, PR person. No, just Vix is sitting there with her bag on her phone, just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Love that. <laughs> Maybe little park, of course. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you roll, though? Like, when you're, just, when you're doing stuff that's, like, not, you know, out of the public eye, do you just, like, just normal? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, if I don't have to be on telly or be somewhere serious, like where there's going to be loads of people and loads of cameras, I really don't want to wear any makeup. Yeah. I don't want to be with anybody else. I just want to be on my own, in my trackies, just chilling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like otherwise I'll just overcomplicate things yeah. and come across as a bit of a knob. And I don't want to ever be a knob. You don't. You never come across as a knob. I think there's a thin line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Vix, I want to go back to 2011. So that's the first time I remember meeting you. I was actually with James at the time. We were up. We were in Newcastle for some reason or another. I, can't remember, I remember this. Do you remember this? I remember this. And we bumped into you filming. You guys were filming for Geordie Shaw. And we were in a club. I can't remember the name. Barnes, you remember the name of the club? It's called Riverside. Riverside. There you Riverside. go. There you go. And um, I'd never seen you before. I'd never met you before, but I obviously knew who you were and we'd, we were still kind of doing MTV stuff as well. And I kind of just saw you from across the room and you, you kind of just looked over and went, all right? And I was, I was, like, I was like, 
She's a, she's a proper girl. She's a proper, proper girl. Do you remember that? Then? I can remember it all. We um we were literally. I think it must have been my first series. I think it was, yeah. And it was all so new to us. We had zero clue what we were getting ourselves into, what we were about to be propelled into, for that matter. Yeah. And we were just really naive and very excitable. Yeah. I think that's probably the best. But thing. you would be though, like you know, film crew from MTV is going to take you out it. clubbing, drinking, drinks on them, like cameras everywhere, everyone looking at you, and it, it was it was alien, but it was very very exciting. And we hadn't heard much. We were kept pretty much in a bit of a bubble. Yeah. Um, no phones, no magazines. That's how filming always was yeah. from the very start. So you don't know what everyone's saying about you outside. But someone from MTV had sort of let slip that Ricky and Melvin were very excited about like meeting with all the show or something. <laughs> and I remember seeing he's in there and to us, you were just like the biggest celebs ever. And we were like, oh my God, they know who we are. It was, it was a major buzz for That's us. That's crazy. Big moment. What's the process like to actually getting on the show? Because I think a lot of people might not realise that, you know, it's quite, it's quite a lot of, a lot, a lot of like a, rigmarole to kind of get on the Oh, aye. It's not a walk in the park. I don't know. I think people must just assume that, like, you're out walking one day, you get spotted. Like, it's not like that. Like, they... So, back in the day, off straight off the back of the success of Jersey Shore, MTV wanted to create the UK version. Yeah. Jersey Shore was, like, in America, yep. so on the Jersey Shore, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. And they spotted a gap in the market for that. Um, I think it was on the precipice of reality TV coming back in a massive way. Yeah. Um, what is it? Made in Chelsea just started. Yep. Towie was getting big, <clears throat> so they they packed up their bags and sent some casting directors off to I don't know I don't think many people know this, but off to Liverpool and Newcastle. Right. They couldn't decide. It was either going to be Mersey Shore or Geordie Shore. Right. Okay. Um. In the end, they went with Newcastle. I think they felt that the people up there had a certain warmth and relatability that would would work. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I was working, I just graduated uni, was working in bars and nightclubs. Really? On the rope, yeah. I was the door hole. Was you? <laughs> <laughs> Clipboard. <laughs> Clipboard, pen, no smile, that was me. <laughs> if your name wasn't on the list, you weren't getting it. Um, so they came up and they needed tables in all of the sort of nightclubs and bars um, in order to spot their their prey, if you will, who yeah. they thought was going to be yeah. a good face, like a bit of a character or whatever. Um, so every night they'd come in, I worked different nightclubs, pretty much the most popular one of the night every week I was there. So I'd sort them out a table, I'd look after them, and I basically just became their first port of call. Right. I'd be like, well, what do you think of him? And I'd be like, he talks a good game, but he can't pull a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> or what about her? I'd be like, she can't say, well, like a granny on ice skates. <laughs> or uh, what about her? Actually, I don't know what she's even doing in here. She's 16. Like, right, literally okay. just giving them a sort of a local's perspective. Yeah, and I yeah. thought I was playing to our guide, but they were they were sort of trying to get me to come on. Right. They were lining you up without you They were. It. it was divine invention. I had no idea. <laughs> um, but like I say, the only way is Essex and Maiden Chelsea had started. And initially, I don't know if you can remember, it wasn't the most positive reaction to shows like that. Yeah. It was very controversial. Yeah. Um, and I was a little bit like, when they first asked us, I'm not sure if it's for me. Yeah. I've, I've got a degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, yeah, like, definitely. And there was things I wanted to do and places I wanted to see. And I just didn't know where Geordie Shore would fit in. Had you been affected by, not affected, but like you were aware of shows like, you know, Big Brother and, you know, all the other shows and stuff. And how reality TV stars could kind of be perceived maybe or was I that think, in your head? I think, m I think the more current stuff was definitely playing on my mind. Like... 
poor people like Amy Childs and Mark Wright, like, yeah. look at their success now. Yeah. But back in the day, people were very scornful about them. And it was so it was so much easier to take the mick out of them or look down your nose at them than it was to, to recognise their capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I'm embarrassed to say now, I probably fell into that majority of people who just sort of thought, you're putting your whole life out there, like, what are you doing? You're... I didn't. I didn't see a different side. Yeah. I didn't think I could just go on and be myself. I just thought, thought, oh, you have to act like one specific way, and I don't know if it's for me. And Newcastle was up in arms about the show anyway. The well, whole it's... city was furious. <laughs> they got together. They had a meeting. <laughs> Cheryl came. She was livid. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, 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 I think we're very precious and we're very proud as as a region. Mm. And and everyone sort of thought they're going, we're going to. I don't know. Unearth the secrets of Newcastle or something, or show in a bad light, which, of course, was never anybody's intention, but I think there was a lot of whisperings anyway. I wasn't keen, and they kept saying, come on, do you not fancy it? And I was like, no, I really don't. Yeah. I believe at one point, when they really pushed, I said, listen, I'd rather watch me dad get out the bath. <laughs> and at this, the, the people at MTV still remind me of that now. They're like, mm. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I take it back. Um, and it all happened, so it all came to a head on one night out, um, and I'd got to know all the cast and directors proper on first name terms. And funnily enough, I was in Riverside where me and you first met. Really? And I went bombing in with all my mates, like 20, 20 strong female squad crew. Like it was so good. Those were the days before like mortgages and marriage. And we were like having a laugh and dancing and everything. And I spotted one of the cast and directors at the bar and he was um, standing on his own. Um, and I'll always remember him because I called him Eddie Dragon Nostrils because he had massive nostrils. Dragon nostrils, Dragon yeah. nostrils, Eddie Dragon Nostrils. <laughs> and he was ha having a drink on his own. And I went over and I was like, are you out on your own? He was like, no, 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 I'm working. I was like, well, to everyone else, it looks like you're out on your own. <laughs> I was like, come and stand with us. He was like, no, 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 honestly, honestly, got to be on the ball. Well, within half an hour, we had him like down in Jaeger bombs, Wicked. in the DJ box, like <laughs> causing absolute mayhem. And I'm sure, as you can tell by the way I'm telling this story, I'm quite animated. Yeah, yeah. So I was telling him a story, obviously putting a shift in, showing off a little bit, being like, and then she said this, and then this happened. <laughs> and um, as I was telling the story, I knocked a drink on a girl, um, and she had a white dress on. Uh -oh. and it was like a big pink pint of like Skittles or something, no. and it just went all up her dress. No. Like, in a hair everywhere and she was just dripping standing there and I was like <laughs> check so, please yeah, so awkward so awkward and she just started kicking off I mean this is Newcastle this was Saturday night everyone had had a skin full and she's like yeah but just drink on me and I'm like <laughs> so I'm like listen I'm really sorry it was unintentional yeah, like yeah. I mean trying to put in a good like trying to right. pretty good impression with this man yeah, yeah, yeah. regardless of whether I want to be on the show or not he was new and you don't go acting like that in front of brand new people do yeah so my mates are all like, get her telt, get her telt, Vicky, you're not going to let her talk to you like that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm really conflicted. Peer pressure, peer pressure. I'm really conflicted. So I was like trying my best. So he was just like, Vicky, leave it, come on, let's go somewhere else, let's go somewhere else. So I was like, okay, fine, no bother. As I was turning and she was still kicking off, she was like, yeah, that's right, walk away. Oh no. And I was like, walk away. Blood boiling. Yeah, literally, she was like, she called us a name. What's she called you? You can say. Can I? Can she say. was like, walk away, little slag. No and I was way. Like, 
now that's just n- unnecessary. <laughs> so I turned straight around and everyone was like, yes, but he was like so scared you could tell like what is she capable of. And I just took her drink out of her hand, she had a very similar one, and I went, listen, I went, I didn't throw my drink on you. I went, it was an accident. I went, if I'd wanted to throw my drink on you, I would have done this. Yeah. I just threw <laughs> her drink clean in her face and then put the glass down and we're all like, run, run, run. <laughs> me and all my mates dive out the back fire exit before the doorman could find one and throw it out themselves. And we ran all the way to this big gay club called Powerhouse. Right. Danced all night, drank shots. And the casting director just looked at us about 20 minutes in. He had like glow sticks on, no top on, like that, like no box given. And he just turned to me and he went, don't audition. He went, don't screen test. Don't meet anyone from MTV. You'll just be on the show. (laughs) And I was like, you know what, mate? If this is what you want, this is what I am. And I was like, Brilliant. I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, definitely. Nothing to lose. Definitely. Never look back. <laughs> so once once you made it onto the show and like you know the episodes were going out and stuff, did you ever were you ever aware of being a certain way to kind of maybe get more airtime because you thought if I'm at, if I'm if I'm like that I'm gonna get more time on screen and stuff? Is that the way that you looked at it, or were you just like I'm just gonna be me and just do what I do, and if they like it, they like it? I think you'd be li- anyone would be lying if they said that after having seen themselves on TV, there weren't certain elements of themselves that they wanted to minimise. Yeah. And then also other ones that they thought, I like it when I do that. Yeah. Like, do you know I mean, maximise it. Yeah. <clears throat> the first series was so naive and it was so much fun. But what I had that certain other of the cast didn't, initially they got really great at it as the series went on, but it was just the ability to articulate myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I always used to, I, I enjoyed your little interview parts. Like they were, they were the best bits for me. Like. The little green screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were always my like funnest bits because you got to get stuff off your chest. It was essentially quite cathartic yeah. to just sit there and be like, and he's at that. Who is he thinking? Do you know what I mean, things that you really. And have you, have you always been like funny? Because you're, you've got, you can come up with punchlines <laughs> quite easily. No, but you can, you can, you can deliver a punchline quite, quite well. Has um, that always been a part of your personality? I've always, like, I've always considered myself a bit of an entertainer, right. and I've never minded like sort of. I've always liked to be honest, and I think honesty is funny because yeah. a lot of people yeah. can't yeah. be like that way. Um, so I think it was difficult for the rest of the cast initially to see um, to see my green screens being used quite a lot. Mm. And not because they were jealous, just because it always looked like I was digging someone out. Right. And I was like, I, I, I was desperate to sort of explain, listen, if yours were as funny as mine, yours would get used. Yeah. But then yeah. that just made us sound like a knob. <laughs> so I had no choice but to take it on the chin. But they got the hang of it really quickly yeah. and realised what people were looking for and, and what would make the cut and what wouldn't. Yeah. We all changed as the series went on and I knew exactly what the what was going to get used. I've, yeah. You just gotta watch it. You get savvy, don't you? Of course, you get yeah. a little bit savvy, and you get savvy yeah. very quickly because it's you who's out there. So when did you? When did you? How many series in did you leave? Because it felt like you were on it for a while. Oh God, so long, man. I was on for so long. I left all the time. <laughs> Honestly, I was a nightmare. Like hands up, I apologise so much, MTV. I was just such a disaster. It, it was hard, but I think I tried to leave like every series at least, and I think I achieved it on a lot of them. Um, they used to joke I had more lives than a cat. <laughs> but in the end, I eventually took the plunge and didn't come back at all after series nine. Right. So what was the deciding factor at that point? Like, was it the fact that you just had your fill, you know, you'd done it, or was it you could see pastures new? Like, what was it? Um, I Probably an amalgamation of all those things you just said. Like, yeah. I was 26 
which sounds really like young and sprightly, but like in Geordie Shaw years, that made me about 112. <laughs> like there was new people coming up the ranks who were so excited by the prospect of just drinking and making fools of themselves all the time. And I thought, I have done this so many years now. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be that miserable cow in the corner who's like judging other people or looking down my nose or like I... I would if I want to do something I want to do it well and I want to do it because I'm loving it. I wasn't loving it anymore. Yeah. I wanted a serious boyfriend and I wanted to buy a house and I wanted to be known for more than what I was known for. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sometimes difficult to take and I think I wanted my mum to be proud of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she did her best, bless her, but there's not <clears throat> being the person that my mum is, there was not a lot of moments for her to be proud of when I was playing with Jordan Shaw. She was a nice, nice lady. So. The only way like watching it, I, it was it's it's entertaining. It's you know, it's like it's car crash TV, but it's entertaining. It still is, Rick. Like, still, still entertaining. Is. But the way that I looked at it, I remember thinking, if I was part of that, it feels like you know, if you go away to Vegas or Ibiza mm. and you party hard for like five days, it yeah. feels like that, but just the whole time. <laughs> exactly it. Really? Exactly it. Like no downtime. Like None. Just... Zero downtime, no rest, just like balls to the wall twenty four seven, manic drinking sessions. And when yeah, when I was twenty two, yeah. right? I was buzzing. Yeah. Like that was brilliant. Like I had no boyfriend. I was footloose and fancy free. Yeah. Like I would have been going out three nights a week and paying for it with my mates anyway. So yeah. the thought of getting it five nights a week for free on MTV <laughs> was a buzz. Was the best news I could ever had. But like it gets it anything, any too much of a good thing, it is yeah. is it becomes monotonous, it becomes the same. And there's this like I have this thing where every week we'd go to Bijou on a Monday and I'd be sitting in green screen, I'd be like, it's Monday, it means one thing, Bijou, Jägermaus. And, and I remember sitting there saying it one time and just literally felt like I was dead inside. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I can't be excited about this anymore and it's time for someone else to be excited about it because yeah. there's, look at it now, it's what, 15 series in or something yeah. and there's still people who are really thrilled to be part of it and people who love watching it, which is great. And that long may it continue, but for me, the journey was over um, because I wanted to have good memories of it yeah. rather than clinging to something that I knew wasn't right for fear that there was nothing else out there for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, with regards to like the like your old cast members and stuff, do you guys still keep in contact? Do you still friends? Tell us. Tell, be honest. You can tell <laughs> oh, us all. Is it such a like, such a sensitive subject? This and such a difficult one because I've got zero animosity or hard feelings left. For, to anyone I used to work with, do you know what I mean? Like, I went into Jory Show completely unknown, and the things I've managed to get out of it, I would have have surpassed my wildest expectations. And there's so many people who were part of the cast, like past, present, future, whatever, who have done so so well, and I wish them nothing but the best. I've grown apart from some of them because our lives have taken drastically different paths, yeah. and some of them I don't think were able to be very happy for us and the decisions I made and certain successes that I had, which made being friends with them quite difficult. Yeah. <clears throat> I always remember this one instance when I was in the jungle and um, it was Laura Whitmore was yes. hosting it at the yeah. time, the spin-off show. Big up Laura. Yeah, Lo <laughs> big, love her so much. And um, Gary came out to, um, he was doing PAs out in Australia at the time, so they lumped him in as like, Vicky's pal, come on and have a chat on the show. And he dug us out. <laughs> really? Just done us. Like, no. Um, this isn't the real Vicky you're seeing in there. She's putting on an act. She's the most manipulative person I know. Like, really? all of this. Do you know what? Because watching it from a, a punter's point of view, yeah. I felt like 
we're finally getting to see Vicky for Vicky and kind of like, you know, that's why I think people loved it so much and that's why you won ultimately, do you know what I mean? Thank well, I'm, that, that's, like, that was my only goal for the jungle. Like, for me, I could have gone out a week in. As soon as eviction started, I thought, whatever it is, I thought, I could go here. Yeah. I've got zero fan base. No one really knows who I am. And if they do, they'll probably think I'm a tosser off the telly who used to throw <laughs> drinks around. So it's quite, like, quite. I'm in there with legends. But what I didn't expect was to have the people who you thought should have had your back, who'd faced all the same... Like yeah, sort of things as you so. had hurdles exactly, yeah. and should be proud that one of us was getting into mainstream telly, trying to knock us down. So things like that, I've struggled to come to terms with, <clears throat> and shed quite a lot of tears over the fact that like the relationships aren't there that were anymore. Yeah. At the end of the day, they seem pretty happy, yeah. and I'm not struggling. So you can't be friends with everyone all the time, can you? And people outgrow each other. It doesn't mean you don't you dislike each other a lot of the time, but you just go down different paths, like you said, so it's just like a part of life, isn't it, really? Well, that's it. I always say to people when they ask, <clears throat> and I'm not giving them such an in-depth answer as I am with you, but when you, you know when you leave, like, Nat West, or you leave, like, Procter & Gamble, or whatever job you leave, like, the hairdressers and that, when you leave that job, like, you don't necessarily still ring up Barry from accounts and be like, what are you doing the night, Baz? Like, we're going out or whatever. Because you move on and yeah. there's a new Barry at your new job and there's yeah. different things and, and Barry's not worried about it either. Do you know what? You just mentioned like when you leave your hairdresser. I yeah. left my barber the other day. It was, it was, it was quite emotional. It was quite emotional. Really? We grew for four years and, you know. What made the change? Well, he left and went to Nigeria for a little bit mm. and left me kind of high and dry. So I had to find a barber while he was gone. And the new barber was was better. So Well, he's done himself there, Well, Yeah, he's done himself. But uh, leave it. That's quite an emotional thing. Have you ever had to like, leave a hairdresser? Oh, I mostly leave on bad terms. Like, make me hair fall out or something. It's no, never ideal. <laughs> I've had some hair disasters in my time. What's it like for you being over, like, every kind of celebrity website kind of blog site just seeing your your picture and stories about you most of them not true what is what is that like what is that like because a lot of people that like doing like my breakfast show we talk about stuff that we see like that in the press we're not saying that we believe it but we're like it's rumored to it's probably not true but this is what people are saying the talking what, point yeah what's it like for you Probably, because I know you sometimes you listen to our show. I she's do, a, she's a big listener. fan. <laughs> um, what's it like for you hearing that or reading that, knowing that what's been written about you is just, it's just not true, it's a load of BS? I think the most difficult part of all of this, like the path I'm on now, is that fame's never appealed to me. Money does. So I want, I want to be rich, <clears throat> I want to be successful. Yeah. And if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best at it. That could have been anything. Like, I literally had no clue what I wanted to do. I just knew if I was going to do it, I was going to do it right. So to find that, essentially, one of the negative byproducts of the path I've chosen is that people think they know you. Yeah. People think you are essentially public property. Um, that your personal life is as much their business as it is yours. And they can say whatever they want about you is, is a downfall. Yeah. And I never want to be ungrateful, ever, because I'm so, so lucky. Mm. I wake up every day and I do something different. I meet someone new. And I love it, and I get amazing perks off the back of this. Yeah. Like it's, I'm so so fortunate, but that is a downside, and I will never come to terms with it. How do you handle it? How do you kind of like suppress it, or how do you just how do you deal with it day to day? 
badly mostly. <laughs> really? Like I cry a lot. Do you? I cry a lot because oh. I am a big girl. I'm a big fanny <laughs> and I do cry. I, cr- I remember I came back, but this is what I'm dealing with, right? I came back last year from Ibiza and I'd got papped on the last day. So like my hair's like Hagrid's, like sunburn <laughs> patches everywhere. Like I've drank far too much. Eyes like little piss balls in the snow. I just look terrible. I'm dancing around the pool with my mates. Obviously I had a few too many because yeah. the mood that I was pulling in these <laughs> pictures you'd think I was Beyonce but I wasn't they were awful and I remember crying to me mum about it <laughs> literally being like people are going to think I look like that and you must have just got us from a bad angle and I work so hard and yeah, yeah, yeah. she was like that get a grip for yourself the starving <laughs> children in Africa <laughs> like, shut down yeah I was like you Ooh, they're very unrelated, my <laughs> mum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's true, but those are wildly different things. Yeah. So I've got a really good support structure of people who do not take my shit. <laughs> my yeah. mum, my sister, my fiancé, my agents, my makeup artist, my stylist, people who I've known for a very long time, predominantly all northern. Yeah. No disrespect to southern, as they I'm just saying we can very real. <laughs> um, who... Don't they're not sycophantic with us? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You mentioned your fiance. Um, congrats, by the way. Thank you. Um, how does he handle it? Because obviously he's like part of it now. He's part of your journey. He's very, um, very realistic and just logical. Whereas I'm more emotional. Yeah. So I'm like, it's a guy girl thing. Do you think? I think so. I just thought he was a bit emotionless. <laughs> I'm always telling him off. Guys, we think with logic, with like, that happens, so that means that's going to happen. Women are like, yeah, my blouses made me feel like <laughs> <laughs> We are. I mean, stereotypical, but yeah, we yeah, are. I, that was a massive generalization. <laughs> I apologize. Don't, don't hate him, ladies. He's nice. So um, yeah, he's like just very logical, very <clears throat> methodical about it all. Yeah. Like, for example, I went to the TV Choice Awards. And as I walked into the TV Choice Awards with him on my arm, first public TV um, red carpet appearance with him, the headline on the Daily Mail was Vicky Patterson steals the show. Couldn't have been more complimentary about me, like me dress, me partner, the hair choice. I think there was even a shout out of me guns at one point. (laughs) Literally, it was glowing. But as I left, the party and the story the day after I'd had a drink and I was holding it near my chest and of course condensation so I had two little drink marks (laughs) on my dress I was chatting to like sketch and tattoo fixers and I was chatting a couple of Love Island knot and I was fangirling them because I'd love this series so I'm like all over the place very animated so the story the next day was Vicky Patterson looks like she's had a very good night out and of course I get my agents on the phone like we're trying to broker big deals for brands with you and you look like that and I'm like crying on the phone to John like why are they out to get me why is this why is that and he's like it's the nature of the beast yeah. they're not out to get you look at the story they did when you walked in they're like you asked for that on the way out because look at the state you they're like just take a breath and realise it's not just you and I think I need to hear that it must be hard because you can't you're just doing what normal people do do you know what I mean it's, it's crazy like you're kind of under the microscope um, but then do you think and I'm going to I'm going to spin this now yeah. do you think right I should continue doing those things essentially being a little bit of a mess up, right? <laughs> because that's what makes us normal and makes us relatable and nice. Or do you think people expect more of me now because I've done loose women for a bit? <laughs> like, where am I? Like, I feel yeah. transitional. Yeah. I think, I think you should just do you. Whatever makes you happy, I think you should just, you just be you because that's what's got you this far in the first yeah. place. Um, that's what I would say. But I'm not the person that's like, gang, you've got like a, 
500 grand contract for this or yeah, for that. Yeah, due to all one touching everything. Mess that up. Exactly. You mess it right. And you did say you're all about the money, Vic, so uh, <laughs> don't mess that yeah. up. <laughs> you to tone it down a bit. <laughs> all right, so um, uh, talk to me about your like DVDs and stuff. Like, <laughs> how are they going? Which ones are you talking about? Really? <laughs> Any? Any? Talk to me about those. Um, so, off the back of the success of Geordie Shaw, I became quite quite popular. <clears throat> Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> but also quite fat. <laughs> well, there's that famous photo, isn't it? The famous one. We know the mm. one, like the one that they always show and that they show you like the before and the after. Mm-hmm. And like, like where were you? What was going on in your life? What was happening? What was that? When was that photo taken? The one where I'm like sucking off a Solero. <laughs> <sighs> so bad. <laughs> Such a bad pick. Um, so I... The weather was, was nice that day. Sunny. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> More beer, I think it was it. Is that where it was? Yeah, right. more beer. Um, I had just came off the back of, I think about five, maybe four or five series of Geordie Shaw. Um, And I'd eventually broke up with Ricky, not you. Um, And I was, I thought I was unhappy in the relationship and I thought it was unhealthy. And it was, but there's nothing quite like being alone Mm. and and sort of dealing with the the fallout of that relationship, which was that... Would I, I'd isolated myself from a lot of people. Um, I'd kept a lot of secrets from people so nobody understood us. Um, I'd been difficult to work with, which is not something that ever sits well with me. Um, <clears throat> I was really lonely and really sad. And Is that because you were, you were unhappy where you were at Jordy, in Geordie Shore, that, that part of your life, that time? Being in a relationship on Geordie Shore is just so difficult. I, like can, it's, I can't even imagine. Of course, man. Yeah. It's like a single person's gig. <laughs> and it takes a very special relationship to work in there. And God, I've never managed it ever. So hats off to anyone who has. Yeah. But it, it just it didn't work. It was toxic. And I think we would have been toxic outside of the show as well. So that's no disrespect to, the, to them. So some people don't work together. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and we broke up and he was still like still had his six pack still <laughs> looked great was out in like on holiday like chatting up birds having a really nice time and I was huge and miserable and I just thought how is this fair <laughs> I wasn't the bad guy in this relationship how is it fair so I was like I'm going on holiday with my family and I don't care I'm going to like let me hair down and have a laugh and then when I get back I will throw myself into like rectifying everything that this relationship and my behaviour during it has sort of managed to tear down. Yeah. Um, and I got papped. It's just as simple as. Yeah. I was in a tiny little resort just outside of Marbella now where my family have got a place and <clears throat> you wouldn't think there'd be any paps. Especially not me. I wasn't really at the time tabloid fodder. Yeah. I was too controversial. I was completely on the cusp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, an overweight girl in a bikini is always tabloid fodder. thing is, like, with regards to like the... The, the before and after pictures they always do mm. is a remarkable difference but yeah. you weren't like it, it wasn't like crazy like me and Melbourne were like well, she's got a bit of curves we were like cool it's just a new look she <laughs> tries something different it's I think it's just shocking because it's how you see yourself yeah. and like as any girl who's ever gained weight or been in a relationship got comfortable whatever you don't think you're that much bigger yeah you still wear like a size 12 leggings with so much stretch and then you just think, yeah, I'm fine. Like, you avoid clothes shopping, you avoid mirrors. Like I just got myself into a place where I was hiding from the fact that I was a bit unhappy and I'd gained some weight. And I don't think for any single second I was huge or like wildly obese or anything. I was just uncomfortable, Rick, and that's what it boils down to is I wasn't happy. Yeah. Um. But listen, I don't regret it and everything happens for a reason because those pictures grabbed 
the attention of Universal and one particular lady who is a very successful in the world of fit the fitness DVDs. She's had the number one selling fitness DVD for about the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, and she must literally have a hawk eyes looking for <laughs> those to, like, like me in magazines. Yeah. And she approached yeah. us, pitched the idea of a fitness DVD and I bit a hand off. Because I thought to myself, hang on, you're going to... It's going to literally be my job to get fit and healthy. Which is the dream. Exactly. Yeah. And get wicked pictures of me out there. So no one, <laughs> like, no one remembers those pictures anymore. I was like, yes, snatch the yeah. hand off. Yeah. And it was a gruelling... I got six months to do it. Six months to lose three stone. How tough was that? Ridiculous. Really? Especially because somewhere in between that, I went out and filmed the first series of X on the Beach as well. <laughs> which is, of course, again, mini Geordie show in the yeah. sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was... I had a personal trainer out there and I was having to get up at like five, six o'clock in the morning, even though we weren't going to bed at three, four. Oh like, my word. I'm trying to be entertaining. I'm trying to like, because this is MTV's first attempt into something new. Yeah. They'd really pinned it on me. They were like, the lads are funny. The lads are good looking. The girls are gorgeous. I haven't got as much personality as I would have liked. Can you bring the bands? And I was like, yeah, of course I'll bring the bands. <laughs> like I couldn't bring the bands and be training as well. I was really, really struggled. <laughs> so it was difficult. But um, I got my head down. And um, I did it, and it's been one of the best things I've ever done. Mm. Discovering and really getting my he- head around health and fitness. Yeah. So that yeah. was my first fitness selling DVD, first of all. Um, and I believe it was the number one selling DVD. Darling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the country. Knocked minions off. You were Harry smashing Potter it. didn't stand yeah, a chance. I remember, I remember. <laughs> it's absolutely smashing it. So then, how did you get your head around, like, off the back of all of that success and um, notoriety, people knowing you, and then you get, like, you know, you've got, like, I don't know, four million plus followers on on social media. What is that like? How do you get your head around that? From going from almost you know obscurity to just like I'm I'm famous. I don't think about it. Truthfully, to tell you the God's honest truth, I think if I sat and thought about it, I would either scare myself or I would become someone who is very interested in themselves. Yeah. And I don't I don't really want to have either of those things happen. I do what I'm doing. Because I like it. Like for example, you could you could become very interested and very addicted to this whole world and stuff and just knock about with people because you know it's gonna get your picture taken or this, that and the other. Yeah. Whereas I tend to find I tend to knock about with people that I like, regardless of what jobs they do or how long I've known them or whatever. Um I stay very close to my family. I've picked I, I mean, I don't know if he picked me or I picked him or picked each other, but I've picked a partner who's not in the public eye. Um I just haven't got tickets on myself, really. Did you do that on purpose? Did you think to yourself, I'm going to stay away from someone that's, like, you know, well-known? I mean, I kind of see I did that because I had my fair share, didn't I? <laughs> um, I did definitely try. <clears throat> no, I, I didn't try. I, I, I believe one thing in life that you can't plan and you shouldn't sort of try and, like, sort of, um, predict is love yeah. you fall into love and that is what I truly believe so I've had people who were in the public eye I've had people who weren't I've had people who probably wanted to be like, I've, do you know what I mean? who wanted to be? Um, you do you know what I've had so many people that I've gone out with and then I've miraculously however this has happened but they've ended up going on to like see the next series of X on the beach or right. and I'm not in it I'm yeah. not there like they've just been spotted on my Instagram yeah, do you know what I mean yeah, that's yeah. it yeah. and I think to myself well you probably got what you wanted out of that didn't yeah. you yeah alright so Vix you've done Loose Women you've done uh, I'm a Celeb get me out of here now um, did you know that you wanted to get into presenting before it actually happened was that something you thought I could do that yeah so once I'd started Geordie Shaw um, 
in, in the same way that you gave me a nice compliment before about me little green screen things, lots of producers were paying us the same type of ones. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'd know how to deliver a line. You can speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can articulate myself correctly. But it's, it's amazing how many people that do stuff that can't deliver deliver stuff. Because even, even James said that he worked with you a couple of times and was like, she's out of everyone. She's one of the ones that could probably do that for a living. I remember as soon as I'd finished series one, I got in MTV's ear, started asking if I could present the news for them. Just a, just a guest slot, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I had, by that point, my eyes on the prize. I thought, if I'm going to do this, and everyone in Newcastle's going to call us worse than shit, <laughs> and like I'm going to be like heralded as like the, the entire re, like, reason that Britain's breaking down <laughs> in the press, then I'm going to get something out of this. So yeah, I started grafting, um, started sort of... I would, I would say that, like all of me... Um, green screen bits is like practice auditions like working out like how yeah exactly how to deliver a line like how to remember things it was all just practice for us um and i think i had a natural ability to do it which made it easier and i liked it as well so from yeah from the minute i started doing any tv i knew i wanted to be a tv presenter do you know what i've got from you like sitting like just chatting to you today and when we want to meet you before is that you're quite savvy with behind the camera as well like we did some stuff on celebability. Yeah. Your <laughs> celebability was to remember people's names, right? Because yeah. you were like... It's important. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very important. Yeah. I always remember reading Simon Cowell's autobiography and he says um, that one of his, like one of his big talents, he doesn't consider himself to be a talented man at all, despite how rich and hardworking he is, is that he remembers everybody's name, yeah. whether it be the runner or it be the, the, the head, the like SP of the show. Because... You don't, you don't under you can never underestimate how that makes someone else feel. Yeah. Do you know what oh, I mean? It is really powerful. It goes it's such a long way. Nice as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It costs absolutely nothing to be nice. And I just sort of think there'll be one day when no one remembers my name at all. Yet Jimmy, who brought me my cup of tea on celebability, is now the big producer at ITV, and he'll remember that I, le yeah. I learned his name. He'll yeah. remember that I was nice. So so true. So, so always true. always make sure that you're being nice to everyone on the way up because you'll meet them again on the way back down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so something that a lot of our female people watching are going to want to know, uh, how's the wedding planning going? Hey, <laughs> it's coming along quite nicely. We, are, are you going to be like a bridezilla, you bridezilla? I mean, the, it's, oh, it's pretty high chances, isn't it? <laughs> like, gauging on my past history, yeah, I think it's possible that I could lose it at some point. I'm very temperamental. Um, we've been quite chilled out t so far. Um, we have set a date. So we're going to get married next July. Really? Yep. So yep. my wedding. We're not messing around. Um, he's from a big family who love a good party, and so am I. So we're going for um, a little understated three-day number. Oh, yeah. Wicked. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Three days? Three days. That's not a wedding. That's a festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're calling it, the Nobles Festival. I'll end up being our BVT Noble. Wicked. So yeah, we're really excited. Um, but in the meantime, we have the engagement party to plan, which has taken all of our energies yeah. Um, and I sort of feel like one, I, f I feel like that's like a soft launch. Yeah. Like um, we have about 200 guests that we can invite to the wedding, yet 250 we're going to have at the engagement party. Right, okay. So I'm thinking it's an audition for everybody. <sighs> it's like, it's like when you get called up to England and you like, don't make the, <laughs> don't yeah. make the final team. It's savage, babe. Honestly, <laughs> we are, we are being really cutthroat with this. So we're going to see how everyone acts. We're going to, you bring a good present. Oh, you're in. Who um, gets drunk quickest? Who yeah. could handle their, their liquor? <laughs> I mean, it, 
<laughs> if that's what we're playing, I won't get invited to the wedding ring. <laughs> so what about the uh, the Vicky P Hindu? Is that going to go down? That's that's got to be big, surely. Legendary. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Huge. I want a couple. I think, I think, why not? I'm only going to do this once. That's standard now, though, I think, isn't it? Like, most people, yeah. like, do one where everyone can kind of come. Mm. You do one where it's, like, a bit more, like, yeah, exclusive, like, really close friends and stuff. Mm. I think that's quite, that's fair. I feel like, more, like, how I'll have to work it is I'm, I'm looking at the possibility of three, right? Right. I'll let you in on this right. little secret here. This is just, just spitballing, right? <laughs> so three. So number one, for like grannies, family, yeah. aunties, blah, 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 who, if they truly saw the debauchery <laughs> that happened at my Hindu, wouldn't come to the wedding. They'd be disgusted, absolutely mortified. So like something like a sassy spa day with yeah. maybe afternoon tea yeah, afterwards. Nice. Yeah, We can pontificate about feminism and eat cucumber sandwiches, if that's what grandma wants. <laughs> Um, so that's that's number three possibly. Yeah, that's that's number three. Number two, yeah. I'm looking at something in the UK, like big, but like something everyone can go to, all inclusive, all yeah. encompassing, yeah. like a big, like nice rowdy meal, um, maybe somewhere like circus, yeah, and then just like a massive club night. Yeah, I will probably wear a crown. <laughs> Don't know, just, just came to say I fancy a crown. It's been a while. Why not? And then obviously. Ibiza. Ibiza, yeah. A week. Standard. Only the dedicated. <laughs> Only the strong. <laughs> like, this is Vicky's Hendo. Yeah. You need to know it's going to be aggressive. <laughs> Bring your A game or stay at home, bitches. YOLO. <laughs> As you know, here on The Motto, we like to, you know, give back. We're all about charity. Um, so the money that we get from uh, sponsors, we like to give some of that money back to a charity of our guest choice. So what charity would you like us to donate to on your behalf? These are lovely little sausages. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it would be the, the Chronicle Sunshine Fund. It's a charity that raises money for disabled children in the Northeast. I'm actually a patron of the Amazing. charity. Um, and my mum is their managing fund director. Really? Yeah. So oh. it's my mum's little charity. So close to your heart then? Oh God, so much. Yeah, breaks me little heart whenever I, whenever I do anything for them. They're a nice bunch. Okay. All right. So that's pretty much it. We've got like a few questions that we ask every single guest that we have on. Okay. Um, you ready for those? Hit me. All right. So the first one is, what is the biggest misconception about you that people have about you? Um, it's difficult. Coming from reality TV, there is a lot flying around. I despise the one that I'm stupid. I really hate being misconstrued as thick. People think you're thick? People bundle me in with reality TV in general. And listen, I, I don't think that's fair because I know loads of people in reality TV who aren't. Yeah. Like, Joey Essex, whatever you want to think or call him, he has made millions. He's my number one example of when people are like, oh, he's thick dumb. <laughs> he just bought a house the other day for like, X amount of million pounds. Like, he can't be that dumb. Like, <laughs> do you ask know his mean? bank balance how shit he is. Like, do you yeah, think he cares? 100%. I love doing I don't like that one. It's difficult. It's difficult for me to to see, yeah, to be conceived as that. And then also, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the one that I'm really tough. Because I am quite a strong, independent woman. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm human. Yeah, of course. And I'm very emotional. And inside, I'm only little. I'm this tiny little baby inside, like such a little, such a big girl pants, that these these things that people say, whether it be social media or whether it be in the press or whether it be on the main online comments, <laughs> which I know I shouldn't fucking read. Well, don't read them. Never even, read them. Even I don't know. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm nobody. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't read the comments. Do not read, do not read the, the comments. comments. Read. But just takes that hungover tea where you're like, you know what? I looked good last night. I'm going to yeah. read these. And then before you know it, oh my God. <laughs> 
you hate yourself. It's just awful. <laughs> so yeah, so anyone who meets me, please know that I am very sensitive, okay. and I would promote. I'd like a cuddle. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hugs welcome. <laughs> um, next up, when was the last time you did something for the first time? That's a good one. <laughs> um, did something for the first time. Huh. Well, I've got a You've stopped me, yeah. <laughs> oh, how about this, though? Cool. On Sunday, I just got back from filming in Spain, been out there for two weeks. I'm shattered. I'm knackered. The thought of a lot of physical contact is not hard. <laughs> like, just human contact, you know what I mean? I'm right. like, mm. So I ordered all three of my meals that day from Deliveroo. Did you? And I've never done that before. Three meals? Well, like, breakfast, lunch, <laughs> <laughs> So like I had, I spoke to nobody for a day. Nice, nice. Some days you just need that. I feel like that when I get back from like a triple break, yeah. like abroad or whatever. You just want to just like, just bury yourself away. Duvet day. Duvet day all yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. So I avoided physical contact, <laughs> human contact of any kind, and that's not like me. Um, next one. Uh, who is the one person that you think that we should interview as a guest on the motto? Oh, like um, recommendation. Okay, people I admire or like or love or just... Do you know who I love talking to? Go on. There's two people who I think would be brilliant. Eamon Holmes is yeah. amazing. Yeah. He's so warm and witty and kind. And the stories he has to tell, like, I can't even... Be I've got no, no experience compared to him. Yeah. Like, the stories he tells you, and he's so loose-lipped as well. Is he? Yeah, man. Like, you'll get some really good nuggets off him. Okay, and all he, right. He's just, yeah, he's, he's fab, and he's, he's mad bitchy. He loves it, man. <laughs> is he really? He's so bitchy, yeah. Eamon's right. the one. Write that one down, Barnes. Eamon. Eamon secondly, Holmes. I really like Rylan. I love Ray. You can't not like, love Riley. Like, you? he's just so brilliant at what he does, and you have to, again, I admire him so much, like... That moment when he cried on Nicole Scherzinger's sofa. It, did, was, it was so funny, wasn't it? But did anyone think he was coming back from that? No. no one did. No. Everyone was like, right, you're done. Look at him now. Yeah. And that is, I love that. I love people who change people's perceptions of I him. Love, I think it's, it's either his Instagram page or his Twitter page, and he's got as his caption, started out as the joke, and I'm still laughing. But I'm still laughing. It's brilliant. Like, it's so, so clever. That's it. So clever. And he's a very clever man. Like... He wrote his own autobiography all himself, you know. Yeah, he's talented. Like, and he's done it by keeping memoirs. You must know you're something or you've got something to give. Yeah. Like, I've never, ever wrote anything down. I really <laughs> didn't think any, anything was going to come to me. But there's a, a real, I've got a real admiration for someone who gets tickets on themselves, who yeah. says, I can do something with my life and I've got this. So just on the off chance, I'm yeah. making notes. Yes, Rylan. Yeah. Got my respect one. for that. Good one. Good one. Rylan is a good one. And finally... The big one, yeah. what, Vix, is your motto? I really struggled when you asked us this because I've got a couple um, and I want to just give you one and it be hard hitting and firm. So I'm going to go with always try to have courage, be kind and not be a knob. <laughs> That's what I live brilliant, by. Brilliant, brilliant. Listen, <laughs> you've been absolutely amazing. Up top. Thanks, Vic. Love you, Vicks. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 